What is this, amateur hour? This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and right across from me is Charles, second tallest libertarian that we know of, Thompson. What's up today, Chuck? Chuck. That's typically what I go by now. Yeah. We just My call girlfriend Chuck. hates it. I don't think I call you Chuck. She really. absolutely hates it. <clears throat> She's like, I... She's like, I didn't decide to date a Chuck. Yeah. But yeah. I said, too bad, because yeah. the Patreon group's more important. <laughs> You're going to go by Chuck now. All right. I am. Everyone yeah. has to call him Chuck. Also, I was trying to still be Charlie, but Big Tech said no. Big Tech was like, no, get rid of Charlie. That's right. You had to keep changing your name I finally to protect found yourself. an alias, Chuck, that uh, so far, knock on wood, it's been a couple weeks now. They haven't kicked me off yet, hmm, hmm. so I can still participate. Well, don't let your socialist family members know that you made a new Facebook. I haven't. I've get, okay. I literally have like 38 friend requests right now, and I'm not accepting any of them. <laughs> I've got just a few people, and that's it. Okay, well, it's dumb bleep of the week. It's the day of the week where we get to vote democratically on the dumbest thing that we saw this week, and man... Was it tough to choose from? We actually have to go pretty quick because we got like seven dumb bleeps on here today. Yeah. And that's narrowed down from we a list of about arb 50. Arbitrary numbers that oh, yeah. we have time to yeah. speak about. We'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Um, well, there's nothing really happening in the news. I don't know if you guys have really noticed. I mean, they announced that they're going to proceed with the, uh, with the what do you call it, impeachment. Trial. Of, of Donald John Trump mm -hmm. through the Senate. In fact, um, if you if you feel as though Donald Trump incited you for longer than four hours, then we're going to need you to go ahead and contact Chuck Schumer over there because he's got some stuff he's really worried about here. Let's uh, let's listen to it real quick. Will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good you'll have to decide <laughs> donald j trump incited the erection that's a tough decision to make the erection selection how long did the erection last that day the, the <laughs> date which will live in infamy i don't know okay all right well chuck schumer's super worried about it so they're wasting their time we don't really have to mess with all that stuff um i don't super care about it do you like care about it deeply I actually, I really don't. I don't even think he'll be convicted because it doesn't it take a majority, like a super majority. Doesn't I think they have to, they have to 60? get sixty. Yeah. So they don't have that unless they have ten senators. If if Mitch McConnell goes for over. it, he's probably got some of his turtle friends that are going to vote for it. <laughs> and so the, uh, it depends on which way he decides he's going to vote. Well, you so. know what's on Chuck's mind. Yeah, he must be having issues lately. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hey. He's yeah. old. He's an old guy. Yeah, go fix him. Young compared to the president. But, uh, they got the medicine. The it, stickiest of the icky. It's out there. Okay, now we're going to go on with Dumb Bleep. This is Dumb Bleep number <clears throat> one from Amy Siskind. Siskind. Siskind? Hmm. Who knows? And who cares? Honestly, she has a blue check mark 
which these days I try to steer away from people that have blue check marks. Honestly, we got a we got full. We're full of them. Yeah, no, there's a lot of them. So here's what she said. This is what she has to say about the election selection that we went through right here. It can't be said enough. We toppled a dictator, just like Saddam Hussein's. If you over go in Iraq, if you go throughout history, typically the way that you toppled dictators was they served one term and then you voted them out of office. That is, uh, that's how you topple a dictator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's by voting. By voting. And they served one term, one of their potential two terms, and then you voted them out. And, and that's a dictator. That's, that's what a dictator is these days. You know? I mean, what are you going to... It's obvious. And you it's, obviously you can't even say it enough. No, you can't. Because <laughs> she's... She said you can't say it enough. can't be said enough. You can say it enough, by the way. We went ahead and checked. So we toppled a dictator. This. We toppled a dictator. I guess if you say it enough times, then it becomes true. That is the case, yeah. actually. You, you we keep saying something. a dictator by democratically voting in his successor. Words, <laughs> words don't have to have meanings anymore. You know, yeah. it's not as if the word dictator needs to have some type of specific meaning uh, at all when it comes to the election or democratic process or the, the society, the, the system that you're in. It's just how you feel. That's really, mm-hmm. that's really all that matters is how yeah. you feel. So, Charles, why don't you go ahead and tell me here what uh, Mark Hamill, who, uh, was, who was only known for playing Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, and, and that's it. That's the only thing he's ever done, I think, which, hey. That's a pretty decent. That's a pretty big thing to have mm. done. It really is. It literally doesn't have to do anything else now. But, but it's now time that we start pointing out Trump's deficit. Yeah. So you get countdown to 12 noon tomorrow when Republicans suddenly start caring about the deficit again. Now, I don't totally disagree with this. No, that's accurate. But the reason why, he said, the budget deficit when Trump took office was $584 billion. Now it's $3.3 trillion. <laughs> Who would have known that these types of comparisons were eventually going to come up? Uh, oh, I couldn't imagine who would have guessed that. And, you know, honestly, that's true. It's completely true. That is, in fact, the deficit. But when you are someone who is on the left and you are pushing for all of the crazy stimulus packages, and then you turn around and you use Trump's deficit against him after that. Yeah. I mean, this is a, continu- a continuation of yesterday's episode where we tell you exactly what people were going to do in the yeah. future, mm-hmm. which is now they're going to be able to use Trump's deficit of $3.3 trillion against him, Yes, of course, even though they supported every single policy that there was. So I, don't, I feel like that matters, but who knows? They supported every single one of them. In <laughs> fact, they wanted more. They wanted more. They wanted the deficit to be even more than that. Yeah. So, and I will agree that Republicans didn't care about the deficit when passing all the spending either. There were a few of them, Thomas Massey and Rand Paul, a few of them that actually cared about it, but most of them didn't. They were just like, eh, pass it. Federal Reserve, do whatever you have to do. Open up $100 trillion on your balance sheets. We don't care. We don't care. Just stave it off until I die or, I, or I'm relieved of my duty. That's all they wanted to do. But... Uh, yeah, Republicans don't care. I was watching a video earlier. I was trying to get it to play today, but we just really have time. But, you know, uh, Tucker was talking to Glenn, uh, Glenn Greenwald, not Grin, 
His name's Glenn, Nate. Glenn. Glenn Greenwald. He was talking to him. He's the guy that broke uh, Snowden's story, and he's he's a left guy. He's a progressive. But what he was talking about was how the establishment, Democrat, and Republicans, they're all the same. And I'm like, finally. We've been saying this for how long now? And now some people who used to be part of mainstream media, I guess he's no longer really mainstream media. Uh, but now people are finally start starting to understand that they're all the same because Republicans and Democrats alike both wanted to use, they wanted to shut down and eliminate uh, the economy essentially, and put you in uh, prison in your own home and not let you go anywhere. And then they wanted to steal money from you to stimulate the economy and Republicans and Democrats are both complicit with it. But you're going to start to hear, you will start to hear Republicans to start caring about the deficit again. You'll have more campaigning on the fact that our debt's too high now. It wasn't when they're, it wasn't when they were in there passing the bills, but now it is. So you got to reelect them so they can bring it down for you, which they won't do because they don't actually care about it. Most Republicans don't care anymore. That's where it goes back to how we were talking about. Uh, here's the issue, Republicans. You're not going to have any principled leg to stand on when it comes to talking about any of the budget deficits that we're about to go through because you were completely fine. Not you guys listening to the podcast, but a lot of people on the Republican side were totally fine as long as their guy was the one in charge of the deficits. And it's going to continue, guys. But what's mm -hmm. going to be super annoying is when someone tries to score political points by deciding that they can make a point about Trump's deficit and how big it was when they supported everything that he did and more when it came to all of the stimulus spending in that final year. Mm -hmm. That's dumb bleep number two from Luke Skywalker. So <laughs> thanks. Um, <laughs> dumb bleep number three. Oh, this one's good. This entry is from John Brennan. You guys have probably heard this by now, but we need to go ahead and play it. John Brennan, former CIA director, I believe under president Obama listing out all the people that we need to be worried about here. We got to we got to work on this domestic terrorism. Imagine, hang on. Imagine after Obama's second term and Trump got elected if conservatives or Republicans started saying we toppled a dictator. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going back to number 1 because yeah. that one's so funny. All right, number 3. All right, here's John Brennan. Forward that the members of the the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of a country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious, ex religious extremists, authoritarians, mm -hmm. fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. And unfortunately, I think there has been this momentum that has been generated as a result of, unfortunately, the demagogic rhetoric of people that just departed government. Okay. Even libertarians. Folks. So there's a part, uh, there is a part of this where you could see what he's saying, just by the way, because what he's talking about is people who are extremists and it brings everyone together. But now he's mentioning libertarians. Now it is also important to mention that the person who was shot and killed at the Capitol was, did identify herself as a libertarian. Although most libertarians would group together to tell her that she was not a real libertarian. Yeah. She was there, you know, with a MAGA hat on storming the Capitol. But anyway, this, this has been my entire issue this whole time. Libertarians, I've seen libertarian Twitter, which is 
you know, pretty small, but still exists. I've seen libertarian Twitter being like, don't lump us in with those, with those MAGA people. We're not like them. We're not the racists and all. Here's the problem with going along with all the crazy rhetoric that we've seen from the left over the last few years. And you've been, you've been fueling this and going with it as much as you can, because you had TDS lefty libertarians you had tds stronger than anything and you've been totally fine with the white supremacy the racist the the terrorists the insurgency all this stuff and guess what you're just going to get lumped in with them because you're not for what they are for if you're against the government if you're against the massive encroaching government then you're going to be labeled a potential insurgent mm-hmm. in the u.s a domestic terrorist. Domestic terrorist. All those who do not adhere to the almighty king, and you are now an extremist. Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. You are, you, it's no longer just right-wing extreme, extremism. It's um, it's just extremism all over the place. It's anybody who doesn't, uh, in fact, bigots somehow. Yeah. It's, it's now illegal. It's, somehow you're, you are an extremist insurgent <clears throat> if you are a bigot. Yeah. I didn't, I just thought bigots were just, you know, just, uh, uh people who, people who are just rude. Can't even be a peace loving bigot these days. No. You know, you're just lumped <laughs> no. in with all the, the domestic terrorists. <laughs> nativists. What's uh. a nativist? Like American native. I don't understand that. Yeah, I guess so. Nationalists, I guess is maybe what, I don't know what, what exactly he's taught. I guess people that are born here and you're, go back to your country. All right. <laughs> That's what they would say. Nativists, people like that. Uh, so that's Conda dumb- Lang is <laughs> That's dumb bleep number three. Um, I'll do. Let me do the the next. Did you one. see Austin Peterson's uh, tweet about that? By the way, no, no. Well, he was calling them out too, the left leaning libertarians, and yeah. he said, "Uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed. Um, what did he say? I hope you enjoyed meddling, uh, in Stalinist or something <laughs> like that, or t- uh, playing around with Stalinist. Yeah, and uh, you know." essentially blaming them as well, which, which I, which I get, but, uh, no, this is going to be, this is going to be the new thing. And, and something I saw, um, uh, Glenn Greenwald talk about with Tucker as well. Um, it's going to be, this is what it's going to be. If you do not agree. And, uh, I mean, Jesus, Eric Weinstein was having this conversation with Glenn Beck. Same thing. If you do not agree with what the establishment says, uh, then you are now labeled an enemy and that's what it's going to be. So, Y'all enjoy the podcast as long as we have it. <laughs> okay. I'll broadcast this thing from jail, man. Let me do, I'll do the fourth one also because I know the backstory on this because um, I was tweeting with this guy. Um, but this, so I don't know if you guys noticed, I believe it was the in the Oval Office, somewhere in the White House, I think it was the Oval Office, they put up a picture of FDR, a big, giant picture of FDR in the middle. And everyone's talking about how great of a president FDR is. And of course, you get these random people commenting, saying, uh, you know that guy in the middle? He got the biggest picture right there in the middle. Um, he also rounded up like 110,000 people based on their race and put them in internment camps against their will. And this guy had to defend why they would put FDR out there, why he's still a good president Because he pulled us out of the Great Depression, and despite the internment camps, is still considered one of the best presidents. Besides his obvious racism on display (laughs) against Asian Americans. Who who decides that they're going to somehow be a principled person making a good argument 
and type out the words, despite the internment camps, <laughs> still considered one of the best presidents. Oh, those internment camps? Yeah. Don't worry about those. Yeah. I mean, would that work? Would that work for Trump? Can we do some whataboutism right now? Would that work for Trump? Yeah. If you well, despite the kids in cages. Yeah. Ips actually loves immigrants. Despite his Twitter. Yeah. Despite his Twitter. Trump was a great president. president. Yeah. <laughs> despite literally rounding up over a hundred thousand people and putting them in camps against their will, it's a really good president. <laughs> really good stuff, guys. It's like Forrest Gump talking about Nathan, Nathan Bedford Forrest. Yeah. You know, despite that he was in the KKK, he was a Civil War hero. You know, that's who, he's, that's who Forrest Gump's named after. I mean, there's there's just nothing that people won't make an, an excuse for. Well, it's like Biden, despite all his racist comments. Yeah. He's a great Democratic president. He's He's, he's, he's not Trump. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. That This is the kind of... I mean, you can't even call it hypocrisy. I don't even know what to call it when, when you do said, stuff like this. Sam said, despite the six to nine million Jews killed in the Holocaust, <laughs> Hitler really loved his country and motivated the German yeah. people. <laughs> he, he put Germany first. Yeah. He knew how you to know? lead. <laughs> he was a great leader. You know? Despite the atrocities. He was a great orator. I don't, really good. Yeah, what, what corner of hell do you have to go to <laughs> to t- actually... Not only type out those words, but then hit send. You had to type. And then stand, stand by them. You, as had, if, you had to type out. Right. Despite the internment camps. Yeah. It wasn't like, uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the term when you accidentally spew something out of your mouth? I, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I never that. do that. There's, there's a term. It wasn't like he was, you know, casually in conversation, you know, was like thinking on his feet or yeah. anything like that. He just. No, he typed it. He. He literally typed he it read out. It and he hit send. And then he hit send. And then bringing us out of the Great Depression, there's plenty of economic economic data to go along with. Listen, um, FDR happened to be president while the United States came out of the Great Depression. Right. It is not his policies. That we pulled out of the Great Depression despite the fact that FDR was the president for 14 years. It wasn't the New okay. Deal? <laughs> no, I, no, no, it was not the New Deal. It wasn't the Great New Deal, Nate? Um, no. No, a lot of people would argue that uh, I wouldn't argue this, but it was the the war that pulled us out. It was World War II that officially well, actually, pulled us out. Actually, a lot of out. people argue that so, FDR uh, prolonged it. Yeah, I know. Prolonged the recovery with the terrible tariffs that they that they signed into law during that. So anyway, um, you can't even give him that he that he took us out of the Great Depression, and you definitely don't need to excuse the fact that he rounded up people based on their race and put them in camps. And then still talk about him like he's this amazing figure that we have to look up to. I mean, come on. The guy mm-hmm. was in a wheelchair anyway. Came to look up to him. All right. Next one is uh, oh, for Charlie God. here. God. And we got to move into that uh, after this. We got to talk about what Elon Musk decided he's going to do yeah. after this. So go ahead, Charles. This is just hilarious because, first of all, it's wrong. And then that, that uh, anyway, Dan Price, what a, a gentleman this guy is. <laughs> kind of looks like. Um, a new age Jesus. <laughs> he says, America's richest 0.1% have $11 trillion, which actually they don't. They don't have $11 trillion, by no, the way. No, if you, if In fact, if you rounded up all the people, it would not equal $11 trillion. Now, I guess if you count all their assets and like um, 
companies they own and you literally count all the assets, maybe that equals 11 trillion. I don't know. He's literally counting in the full value of the companies that the people that the people have. Right. They don't have they don't have 11 trillion sitting in Swiss bank accounts. No. Okay. No. Anyway, he says they give one percent of it to charity each year, a rate unchanged in the pandemic, which I'd also have to check that out, too, because I don't think that's correct. I believe that a lot of the richest people give more than 1% of their... Well, that's he's saying 1%, and that's going to end up equaling one point... I mean, that's going to go, what, $100 billion from the 1%, billion. something like that? That that figure is probably correct, the, the amount that they donate, but they're not pulling from $11 trillion sitting in their bank accounts. No. The, you're counting the value of the company. You're talking, well, they need... Elon Musk needs to sell 25% of Tesla and give it to charity this year is, is what you're pretty much arguing. So, and he says, and then another uh, false hood here, he says, and they pay the lowest tax rate of any income group. That's just, just completely not true. That is actually false. Yes. That, that is not true whatsoever. We talked about this at length a bunch of times. And because Bernie was out there spewing this as a crazy lie, um, when you look at the tax rates that the people pay, they settled on around 25% for the people in the top 1%. And for the people in the, the bottom, they were talking about a, a tax rate of like 27%, 26%. Now that data came from a study that admittedly did not take into account the earned income tax credit or tax refunds or anything like that. And so what actually ends up happening is those people in the bottom 50%, uh, or maybe it was bottom 20%, I can't remember which one it is, actually ends up paying an effective tax rate of about 2.3% mm-hmm. is what they end up paying. So he said they pay the lowest tax rate. He's not saying that on paper their tax rate is lower or anything like that. It says they pay the lowest tax rate. And when it comes from money that goes from you to the government, that is not accurate whatsoever. Not even close. Not even close at all. So all kinds of problems with this one. Then he says... If rich people aren't volunteering to solve America's problems now, they never will. Are you not paying attention, Dan Price? Are you seriously not paying attention? If, what are rich people doing? If I, you think of, if I could just come up with the richest people off the top of my head list right now, you've got <laughs> Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and Bill Gates and Richard Branson and who else is super wealthy? Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Like, Almost all of those people are literally trying to solve problems. Yeah. All of them. Like literally trying to solve all the problems you could ever think of and more that you couldn't. Um, and then look at what Elon Musk announced he was going to do yesterday. Yeah. I mean, this is massive. This is, a, this is really massive and it's, it's genius. I love it. It makes me love capitalism. It, it makes me love all of it. Elon Musk says that he is donating a hundred million dollars towards a prize. How big is the prize? If is that's just towards a prize yeah. for best carbon capture technology. So all you folks out there that are working on carbon capture technology, uh, Elon Musk is going to be awarding a hundred million dollars. It looks like, now, I don't know if this is like an official contest or not. This is just what he tweeted, but he usually makes good on good on his promises. And that's that should be a really big deal. That carbon capture technology would literally stop us from destroying the economy 
by going towards things like the Green New Deal, if we came up with an amazing carbon capture technology that took all the power plants that we have right now and came up with an amazing carbon capture technology where you could keep running the same power plants but not put carbon into the atmosphere yeah. when you do it, that is a massive deal. I've got a design patent uh, pending on the Carbon Snatcher 3000. <laughs> carbon Snatcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's based off of uh, my child's Nerf gun, but <laughs> at the same time, uh, I think it's going to work. And here is what I made. I saw this when I was on my way home yesterday. I was sitting in traffic, okay? I wasn't just driving real far and, and looking at the Twitter, but I saw Elon Musk tweet, and I invented the best carbon capture technology mm -hmm. that there is. And I yes. got home and Lacey was like, what are you doing? I was like, I have to make this meme. Elon Musk is going to be $100 million. Okay, this is a really good invention I'm inventing right now. So this is what I came up with right here. As you can see, it is a power plant. I even took the time to fade out the smoke that was coming from the smokestacks <laughs> to make it less. I didn't make I it all the way gone because nothing's going to be 100% effective. I see that now. <laughs> but I grabbed a piece of the sky from the right side and I put it over on top of the left side <laughs> to get rid of the smoke. And then I put a, a face mask over the mm. top of the smokestacks for yeah. those of you who aren't watching really the video. A really big one. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really big. It's, it's, but it's, it's cheap. It's cost effective, you know. Yeah. Uh, you can change it out as much as you, they come in big packages. You can just change it out as much as you want. Yeah. And we know that they stop darn near everything. Mm -hmm. So why not be carbon capture technology? If you can't see what we're displaying, that's because <laughs> you're not part of the Patreon group, which you need to be. Gall darn it. Patreon.com slash Liberty to go sign up. It's only five bucks a month and you're actually funding ideas like this. Right? <laughs> so we are working on the best ideas ever. I've, there's other ideas out there, but they're not the best like we have. I've never seen ideas like this before. No, I mean, they actually. are the best there is. Like, they're that's, the best. That's so, what's happening. Um, Page on the comments is a good one. Larry, stick lies. Charlie, how's your brain going right now? Overall, <laughs> is it working? Is it working better than it used to? My brain? Yeah. Are you using the app in with with which you have been bestowed upon us by betterhelp.com? Oh, Have you yes. been using that? Yes. Did it take you that whole time to figure out what I was I, talking about? I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about Elon Musk, and I was wondering, is like, is this uh, is Neuralink live? If <laughs> I missed out on Neuralink being released to the public or something, do I need to go to Best Buy right now and figure out? No, no. What he's talking about is your mental health, folks. You got to take care of your mental health. It's very important to do so, and uh, there's no other place that you need to go to than BetterHelp. Be BetterHelp H E L P dot com. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. That'll save you 10% on your first month. And it's it's absolutely amazing. I use this app myself. You can message your counselor. You can have phone calls with them, video chats. You don't have to drive nowhere. You save on gas. You don't put the miles on your car. In this age, especially in social distancing and mask wearing and all that, you still got to take care of your mental health. And I'm telling you, it's cheaper. It's more effective. You can meet with them once a week. And uh, I, I am a better person because of BetterHelp. Thank God. So BetterHelp.com, yeah. H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash GML. Save yourself that 10%. All right. Now, we're still inside of Dumb Bleep number five right now, Charlie, because Dan Price, honestly, he had three. Everything he tweets could make an entire Dumb Bleep episode. But I had to add in another one 
and I couldn't, I just couldn't cut it out because this is still a thing. So this is included. This is included, and Dumbleat number yeah. five is going to be called Damn Price. So this is all Damn Price. So we talked about how he was wrong about the 0.1% and that uh, rich people aren't volunteering to solve any problems. Now, I wonder... I wonder if he's volunteering to solve any problems <laughs> because he says in his next tweet, I'm a millionaire CEO tax me and use it to pay for healthcare for everyone. <laughs> the reason why Dan price has problems paying for healthcare for everyone is because he's not taxed enough. That's actually the problem. He, he wants tax to me and use it to pay for healthcare for everyone. He wants everyone to, to volunteer, yet here he is saying, I, I need you to forcefully take my money so I can pay for people's health care. Please. GoFundMe doesn't exist. Which isn't true, by the way, because he has ways around paying taxes, actually. Yeah. You know, most of his money probably is in the stock price. Although I don't know what he's a CEO of. Gravity payments, I think. This is the guy we did a story about, and he says it's going fine. Um, but this is the guy we did a story about that decided his minimum wage at his company was going to be $70,000 a year. That's the starting. Oh yeah. Now that's, that sounds amazing, but when you're doing something in the tech space and most of the people that work for him are people who probably have pretty high skills, more than likely, most of them, mm -hmm. um, deciding that you're going to make a minimum wage of $70,000 a year, not that big of a deal. No, not that big of a deal at all. That could mean that, you know, 90% of the people might be already making way more than that. And then maybe he's going to make sure everyone else who comes in is making 70000 But I guarantee you most of the people that work there are people who have the skills that are almost good enough to get that amount. And where's anyway. his company? Seattle. Dan Price Seattle is what yeah. it says. He's so. just trying to not get his building set on fire. Right. That's really all he's <laughs> trying to do. This is strategic tweeting. No, but <laughs> I'm a millionaire CEO, Charlie. Take my money and use it to pay for stuff. Please. I can't find the address of the U.S. Treasury. <laughs> I cannot find it at all. I know that what we're paying for healthcare right now is already unfunded. Did you tweet him much. back and tell him that he could donate? I had already tweeted him too many times. I didn't, Treasury. I didn't want him to, to block me, you know. I should have tweeted him the address to the U.S. Treasury, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah, look it up. That would have been good. Uh, good news is they accept checks or money orders. Yeah. So send what you will. In fact, I think the government prefers money orders. I don't know why, but... Hey, your local Kroger deals those things out, so go grab one. Go grab one. This oh. is—I just don't understand. Wasn't there the this millionaire club as well that they were like, "We're the millionaire club, asking for higher taxes." I'm I just, and I just like—I don't understand the logic. There is no logic behind it. That's why I can't understand it because it doesn't exist. Well, the the terrible, disgusting part of that is that maybe he is in a position where his money can be taken to pay for all, for other people's stuff. Um, but that doesn't mean that everyone is in that position at, at all. It doesn't mean that every person who is a millionaire is in that position and wanting to pay for everyone's stuff. Um, it's just a you know what, if you want to help people, then go on to GoFundMe with whatever amount of millions of dollars you're going to donate. You probably, you know, I don't know how much the guy's worth. Who knows? Let's, let's look and see what he's worth. Damn price is worth... Um, let's see, Dan Price net worth. Let's see how much of his net worth he needs to give to the other people. Ah, oh, man, I can't find every story about him is about the $70,000 salary. Every one of them. So someone let me know. But anyway, if you want to help people, Dan, 
There's then, no way that he did it to write get, a check. He didn't do the $70,000 so he could get more like notoriety, did he? No, no. There's no way. That's not it. In fact, his bio in Twitter is, I cut my CEO pay by a million dollars so all workers could make at least 70000 per year. I wonder how much money he's still making after cutting his pay by a million dollars. Then he said, author of Worth It, buy it for your boss from a small bookstore. Buy it for your boss. He wrote a book. Okay, so Dan Price gets number five. Let's let's uh, recap all of these so far because there's been a lot. We normally only do five. Dan Price is number five. FDR, we'll just say FDR, was number four. Uh, John Brennan was number three. Luke Skywalker was number two. And we topple the dictator <laughs> was number one. And so we have a couple. And honestly... They're still pretty good doozies. The last one is insane, completely insane. But the next one, Don't Believe Number Six, comes from Jeremy Flood on Twitter, at underscore Floodlight, if you want to go let him know that we we let him on to Don't Believe of the Week. Everyone, now, this is during the minimum wage conversation. So he says, everyone who flipped burgers before getting a desk job knows exactly which one is harder. So what he's trying to make the point here, because I went through the rest of his stuff, is that everyone who's mentioning, well, if you want to make more money, get some skills, go get a desk job, go do go do some kind of job like that. Well, he's saying, well, I flip burgers. And everyone who's done that before, they all know that flipping burgers is way harder than you losers that are working behind a desk. <laughs> and um, that's a terrible point. That's a really dumb point overall because you don't get paid based on the hard, like the difficulty, the physical skill that goes into your labor, you get paid based on how many people can do what you do. That's how you get paid. How many people and can do what you do? what's the value of what you're doing? Well, and that is really what determines the value. That's just kind of the most I could... But yeah, yeah, what is the value of what you're doing to everyone? Can you be easily replaced? Can you demand a higher wage because you're worth that much and there aren't a lot of people who do what you do? That's the way that you can demand a higher wage. And so insinuating that flipping burgers is harder and therefore you should get paid $15 an hour for it because it's a hard job, well, that's just kind of dumb. Because then what should people who uh, hang drywall get paid? And then what should people who dig ditches get paid? What should people who do roofing get paid? You know, those people can demand whatever wage they can, and that's going to be determined by if they can be easily replaced by someone else who will work for less money. Mm -hmm. That's the the way that your your wage is going to actually be determined. Because labor is a commodity, by the way. I mean, it's it's not just going to be determined by the physical difficulty of the thing that you are doing. That would, that's not the way to do it. It's got to be determined by how many people can do what you do. And so that is Jeremy Flood, Jeremy Flood, with everyone who flipped burgers. We'll just call it flipping burgers. Flipping burgers. Dumb bleep number six. Number six. Now, this next one has got a very special amount of dumb um and it also involves the deaths of a lot of people and so it's not uh it's not really a situation that anyone should take lightly but if you go to marxism.org charlie you will Mm -hmm. read about how flawlessly marxism was implemented in soviet russia this is what happens when you allow the government to write its own history and you allow them to spread propaganda all over the place you literally will end up reading on marxism.org about how amazing the collectivization of the farms in Soviet Russia went. So do you want to take this, or what do you want to do? I'll go ahead. 
Okay. Explain the tweet. You were you were tweeting with somebody. Yeah, so I was tweeting with someone, and they were upset. I don't know if you saw the news. Bill Gates is now the largest farmland owner. Uh, he's He owns 250,000 acres of farmland. Hmm. Now, that doesn't make him the largest landowner. There's people who own millions of acres of land, but they're not considered farmland. So people probably weren't paying attention to the fact that they were talking about farmland. But they were talk- what he really meant... What he, what we were really talking about was how terrible it was when these monopoly people come in and own, <laughs> literally, Bill Gates has got a monopoly now, on farmland. and how we can't allow it to be owned by private people. And he makes a point about how they prove this in Soviet Russia by collectivizing the farmland <laughs> and that we should all look into it. And so I tweeted and said, you need to do a little bit more reading about how the collectivization of the farmland went in Soviet Russia. And he says, okay, Liberty. <laughs> and, and, and tweets me this page from the Marxism.org website. Oh, so, what a wealth of information that place has. So everyone ready. Uh, get ready for this and pay attention because this is, how, this is how history unfolded, guys. This is exactly what happened. And, it's, and it was so good. All-round collectivization, and with it the elimination of the kulaks as a class, which was carried out under the leadership of the Communist Party in the Soviet state, was a most profound revolutionary transformation. Now let's remember that eliminating the kulaks as a class, I mean, there's a million people gone. And they were That's what they mean by eliminating. Right. And remember, they were, they were considered part of the bourgeoisie, but they were, they were poor farmers in yeah. essence. They had like one or two cows, and they could grow a little bit of grain, and that was it. So, profound revolutionary trans- transformation involving the transition from the bourgeois individual peasant system to a new socialist collective farm system. This revolution eliminated the most numerous exploiting class, the kulaks, eliminated by, by murdering a million yeah. of them, and turned the most numerous toiling class, the peasantry, from the capitalist to the socialist path of development, it created a firm socialist base for the Soviet state in agriculture. This is giving the history of what happened in, in Soviet mm-hmm. Russia. With the victory of the collective farm system, the Soviet Union was transformed from a country of small peasant farming to a country with the largest scale agriculture in the world and a highly mechanized one. See, before they had this terrible, terrible system. And then they finally went in and they and they fixed it, you know, by getting rid of some of these these evil people that were stopping them from from becoming better. All right. So uh, with the victory, did I did I read? That? Yeah, largest scale agriculture and a highly mechanized one. The productive forces of agriculture acquired scope for their development. The Soviet peasantry escaped forever from exploitation. Poverty and beggary were abolished in the countryside, and conditions for an uninterrupted improvement in the material and cultural life of the collective farm peasantry were created. Now, did that actually happen? No. No. What, what actually happened was they went into a famine, and upwards of 10 million people died oh. from the famine. Oh. Yeah. So they were the, the Soviet peasantry, they didn't escape forever. No. The exploitation, poverty, and beggary. At least 10 million of them did not because they starved to death. (laughs) I try not to laugh because I just, you know, but I'm having a hard time trying to understand. I'm trying to put myself in this person's shoes 
and just trying to understand their thought process. And I, it makes me sick. Honestly, I get sick to my stomach trying to do that. Don't try that at home. folks. <laughs> Don't do it. You get nauseated. You need some Zofran. I understand. I, I just can't seriously can't comprehend how people can think looking at something that's already happened. It wasn't like this is a theory anymore. This no. like literally played out in history. You can go back in the 20th century and, and, and just actually look at what happened. That's just the Soviet famine, by the way, the, right. the 10 million. That's right. not the malnutrition and the starvation that occurred afterwards, which we know disease and yeah, the, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're not even talking about that. We're talking about the famine that lasted for like three years after they eliminated the kulaks as a class. And somehow in your brain, because you were working towards this better system where the rich wouldn't have all the things, you get to, in your mind, erase the fact that 10 million people immediately starved to death because of the things that you did. And you, and you like wipe it off the books because, hey, at least we stopped those evil rich kulaks from having all of the farmland. It would have been way worse if they would have had all the farmland. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we killed 10 million people, but look at what we created. The uh, ends justify the means. Yeah, a society where uh, you still couldn't find food and there still weren't things on the grocery shelves. I was listening to Basic Economics again for the 10th time this morning, and they were talking about, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the uh, the Russian leader uh, that, that came to the U.S. And, um, and basically went to the grocery stores and... Uh, and he was like, how do, you, how do you make sure that all of these things are on the shelves? How do you make sure that the, that the, stelves, the shelves stay stocked with all these food items? And uh, maybe it was, I can't believe, I can't remember who he was talking to, but they said, we don't do that. Prices do that. That, that was the response. Yeah. Prices make sure that those things stay on the shelves. Mm -hmm. And I mean, somehow this, let me read this last part again. The Soviet peasantry escaped forever from exploitation, poverty, and beggary were abolished in the countryside, and conditions for an uninterrupted improvement in the material and cultural life of the collective farm peasantry were created. Don't, don't mention the fact that there was a famine and 10 million people starved to death, and then people continued to suffer through starvation and malnutrition for decades mm -hmm. after that. No, Up, it's not upwards important. of 50 to 100 million people <laughs> it's not important. died. You're just... That's just because you're an evil, rich person, Charlie. Yeah. That's that's the only reason you would come up with that. So, um, all right, guys. Well, those are all the dumb bleeps. We do have a, a hard stop. I want to make sure you guys can get your votes in. Dumb uh, bleep number seven now. Dumb bleep number seven is the... Uh, Russia gate. Russia, Russia gate farm. <laughs> <laughs> number seven is Russia. Number six is uh, flipping burgers is harder than a desk job. They should get paid more. Number five is damn price with all kinds of dumb stuff in here. His whole Twitter feed is just... Uh, it's real bad. Number four uh, is FDR was a great president despite the internment camps. Number three was John Brennan. Um, insurgency <coughs> from authoritarians, fascists, bigots, racists, nativists, and libertarians. <laughs> Number two is Luke Skywalker. We can't talk about the deficit. Look at Trump's deficit last year. Come on. And number one, we can't say it enough. <clears throat> we toppled a dictator by voting in an election. And then he lost the election. And then a new person took office mm -hmm. at the end of his term. That's how you topple 
a dictator. All right. So everyone gets your votes in. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I like what six, Jacob seven. said here. He said, so if you just kill the bottom half of the of the statistics, the statistics will improve. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you just why yeah. don't we stop counting the bottom 20% of income earners? In that case, everyone's doing great. Yeah. Man, look how good this is. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Isn't it great what you can do with stats? <laughs> okay. Right, get your votes in now. Everyone get those votes in. You got a couple minutes here. I'm going to tell everyone about mastermystonks.com. I alerted another trade. You had to be in there paying attention in the Facebook group today on CSX. Yeah, that's the train company. You see them going by. Got big not letters the on the train. side of them. No, not Trump trains. It's the actual trains. They were down a bunch, grabbed an option, made a quick 15% on it in a span of about five minutes. And if you pay attention in the Facebook group, you can find all kinds of stuff like that. Like Charlie, who's up over $3,000 now uh, because of all the good trades that he's been alerting in there as well. Mm -hmm. And we're not just sitting here promising that you're going to make money because that's all going to be determined by your willingness to go to mastermystonks.com and learn the skills, learn where the good entry points are, uh, learn how to make that trading plan, where your stop loss is going to be, what your profit target's going to be. So if you never looked into day trading before, now is the time to do it so you're not worried about everything that's going on out there in Washington, D.C. with all them tyrants. You can just be making money in the stock market. Oh my God, it happened. Go to mastermystonks.com. What it, happened? It happened. What? PLTR gave a nine ride for the entire day. How about that? Look at this. This stonk is now up 25% by golly. And if you don't know what a nine ride is, then you want to start watching the over 250 videos on the class and you will figure out what that is. We go live every morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, 30 minutes before the market opens. And then we stay live while the market is open until I'm done trading and Charlie's alerting trades and stuff in the Facebook group. So am I throughout the day. So you want to go to mastermindsongs.com, use the promo code SAVE20 to save. 20% for your first two months. Actually, I actually have to mention this because I literally yesterday on the podcast, I was talking about how um, I've made $2,500 on the year. And then this morning I was like, hey, it's 3000 on the year. I'm now up 3500 Nice. It's so pretty good. That's just in 11 trading days that we've had so far this year, I think. Is that 11, 12 trading days maybe? Guys, you do, you do the math. Type your votes in. Get, your, get those votes typed in. Right now, number four is winning um, by default. The vote is very is very spread between actually each one of them. So I need to get get your votes in. Type Just type a number. Daisy, pick. You got to pick something. Pick it, Daisy, between four and seven. You got to pick something now. All right. While Charlie tells you about the Patreon group, we will continue to allow the Patreon group's votes to come in on the dumb bleep. Yes. So patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. So you guys can join in on the dumb bleep of the week and get your vote in. Now, um, if you have an erection lasting longer than four hours, according to uh, Chuck Schumer, um, there will be an impeachment. Then there's going to be an impeachment. That's how you solve it. And that's yeah. how you solve it. And you can, you know, you can figure out what you're doing by going to patreon.com slash good morning Liberty for as little as five bucks a month. Plus if you sign up for the whole year, you get that 15% discount. I see some new people in the group today. It's always fun to hang out with new people. Uh, I think uh, Jacob and George and all kinds of people hanging out with us. Daisy and Joe and Maurice. <clears throat> Jeff, I don't have time to mention everyone's name. Sam. Paul. Paul. A.A. Ron. I don't want to forget anybody. Hannah McLovin. Lots of good people. Magoo in the Patreon group. So go sign up. 
Be part of the conversation. Get your vote in for the Den Bleep of the week. It's fun every single time we do it, when we, when we want to. So sign up, mastermytrades.com, mastermystonks.com. Sign up for Patreon. And then uh, look who won. Daisy finally picked. She was stuck between four and seven, and she finally picked. But Number it looks four. Like, it looks like we have people everywhere, though. Which one actually won? Number four is the one that actually won. That is nice. Um, why is FDR still considered a great president after putting people in camps based on their race? Well, Derek says, because he pulled us out of the Great Depression and despite the internment camps, is still considered to be one of the best presidents. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Despite those pesky internment camps. That's pretty man. good. All right, guys. Um, Charlie told you to go to Patreon. You best go do it. And we're still trying to figure out how to stream this for everyone. Some people don't like using Facebook. I get that. And I, we will be looking to see what streaming platform Locals, which is Dave Rubin's thing that he started that a lot of people are jumping on right now. I think Tulsi Gabbard just made an account on Locals. So there's a lot of people on there and it will be similar to Patreon. We'll figure it out. It's going to be it's going to be a little complicated, but we are trying to uh, we are trying to stream non-discriminately for everyone. So mm -hmm. we are working on that. But anyway, yeah. guys, tell your communist uncle that he needs to listen to a podcast and tell your socialist cousin that they don't need to be a crazy SOB like their damn alcoholic father. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. And if you guys do all that and we feel like it, we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Will be a classic. trial. And when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection.